Hey guys, welcome to the Fellowship Greenville Students Podcast. This week in middle school, we began a new series called Atomic, where we are focusing on spiritual practices. Like tiny atoms make up big things in our world, little movements in our faith can lead to a strong faith over time. We hope you enjoy the message. All right, guys, we are starting a new series called Atomic, all right? And I don't know about you, but that little intro music there in the video kind of sounds like a, like a musical or like a little show tunes kind of thing, okay? So uh, it should be pretty easy for you guys to dance to and bop to in the weeks to come. But for the rest of this month, we are going to be in this series called Atomic. Does anyone know the series is... I mean, maybe it's about blowing things up in a sense, but uh, more about this idea related to atoms. So with a little bit of help explaining uh, this idea, can anyone tell me what an atom is? What are atoms? Yes, sir. A tiny particle, a tiny particle that creates up matter. So, okay, that's a really good part of it. Does anybody want to include anything else? Yes. Tiny particles made out of tiny particles made out of more tiny particles. And these particles do what? You said the word matter, but help me understand that in regular person terms. That's right. Atoms are these tiny, tiny, tiny little things that we cannot see, but we have a feeling that they're there and they make up all of the things that we see and that we touch and that we smell, even the smells that we don't want to smell. Uh, somehow in there are, are atoms, these really, really tiny things, but as small and tiny as they are, they are uh, they're very important, right? If it wasn't for atoms, uh, then what would we be made of? I don't know. I guess God could figure that out. But the, whatever we're made of, those tiny, 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 tiny little particles, we've called them atoms, and they make up some things that, at least to us, are very, very important. So tiny things making up something big. This is actually a theme that we're going to carry through the rest of this series, but it's actually a, a theme that you may not realize actually applies to a lot of things in your life as well. This, this idea that little things over time end up turning into big things. So for instance, any of you who play sports in here, whatever sport you play, little bits of practice and little bits of film watching and little bits of you just working on technique and little bits of you connecting with your, your teammates and your coaches and putting the right people around you, all of these little things which aren't really the sport or the game or like that last second shot, none of those things are that, but all of those little things hopefully end up making you in some way, shape, or form a better player, better volleyball player, better basketball player, better soccer player, whatever your thing is, those tiny things add up to big things. Uh, how many of you have, have had a test on atoms? Has anybody ever had a test on atoms in your science class? Nice. So at some point, you were tasked with learning something about atoms. Uh, just show of hands. This was interesting in, in first hour. How many of you know for sure I've learned about atoms in science class? Okay, question number one. Okay, how many of you uh, like kind of know what atoms are, but if you're being honest, you memorized it for a test and then, it for, and then forgot it after the test? Does anybody remember that part? Okay, yes, very good. It was a lot more of that for first hour. Uh, yeah, we're doing good. We're doing good in our education system. Uh, so tiny little things. If you had to study for an atom test, uh, at some point you had to learn about it. At some point you had to go back and review like, okay, this is actually what atoms are. Uh, you had to study it. Like maybe you had to have a study buddy or you had to have flashcards or, or you had to read a book. But all of those little things in studying and getting ready for that test on atoms prepped you hopefully to get a good grade. 
You, you actually probably know the effect of the opposite, right? When those little things are not put towards the big thing, then your grade isn't exactly what you wanted or what you were hoping for or what maybe more likely your parents wanted for you, right? It wasn't the grade that your parents would like to see. So little things adding up to to big things, all right? Uh, we actually got a dog this Christmas, okay? It was after Christmas, and I, I got a dog. Yep, there he is. That's right, it's a, it's a golden retriever, okay? Apparently he's gonna get, like you can see how dark his ears are. Apparently that's how dark he's gonna get. Yep, he's a little pub, he's got his little dino. We did call him Murphy. My two-year-old son Samuel wanted to call him Cereal. Uh, the Fries also have a dog named Murphy, so it makes me think a lot about them when I uh, call my dog. Uh, so old Murph there, we, uh, we got him, and what is, I mean, there's a lot of things that are really sweet about puppies, right? Like his fur is just so soft, and he's a pretty cuddly pup, and he's having fun playing with the boys and messing with our other dog. Um, so yes, we do still have two dogs, or we do still have our other dogs, so now we have two, and we still have our two cats, so now we have two cats. This is not the life I would have drawn out for myself. But my wife is really into animals, and so uh, it's also true that at some point we had five kittens, and at another point we had another five kittens. So anyway, our, our house and yard are just, there's, there's beings everywhere, okay? Um, but what is, what is, there's a lot of things sweet about puppies. What is the worst thing about puppies? Pooping and peeing and potty training, okay? You guys, you guys are right there on I knew with middle school I could count on you to know the answer to pooping and peeing and potty training, okay? It's the worst thing. So here's the, here's the deal. What we've done for Murphy, and maybe you've done this for your dog, uh, I don't know, everybody's kind of ha- has their different ways of potty training. I don't know if there's a right or wrong way. I guess there are wrong ways if it doesn't work. Uh, but there's a lot of different right ways. So what we did is we got this little bell that we attached uh, right beside our door at home. And so whenever Murphy wants to, or whenever we take him out right now, because he's not really letting us know, we take him over there, we put his nose to the bell, and he rings it, it's real cute, and then we take him outside. And the idea is that eventually, over time of us doing that, now he's actually starting after just about a week of it, he's now starting to bump the the bell with his own nose, and now we know, hey, he's got to go potty. And he still peed right before I left the house today on the floor, Uh, but we're we're getting there. We're working there, right? But little things over time, eventually, he's not even going to ring the bell anymore. He'll just go to the door, and he'll paw at it, and we'll know that he has to go potty. And hopefully, he can control his bladder better than a little puppy, uh, because puppies have zero control from what I'm understanding right now. Yes, Maggie, do you have a, a peeing dog story? She's scared of the bell? Oh, no, that's so sad. Uh, I think Murphy was kind of scared at first, too, because it can be loud. Yeah. Hey, we're, pr- we're praying for her. Yeah, Pood- wow, poodles. It's a dog I never want to have. I'm sorry. Uh, so, anyway, like, I, I don't know, dude. There's just something about poodles that kind of weirds me out. Like, why do you got to cut your fur like that? And you're a dog. You're a dog, okay? Uh, anyway, listen, I, I talked to a poodle one time, and he was really mean to me, and that's probably the issue. Um... So anyway, we have this golden retriever. If we don't do some of these little things like going to Amazon and purchasing the bell and putting the bell with screws into the wall, like right beside the door, and every time that Murphy goes out, like sometimes I'm like, why do I have to do this again? But just touching his nose to the bell, if he doesn't do that, then he won't stop peeing and pooping in my house. I'm telling you right now, if a year from now he's still doing that, there's no more Murphy, okay? No, not in our house, excuse me. There's no more Murphy in our house, okay? I'm gonna take him. I'm going to give them to one of you. I'm not going to off the dog, okay? I'm not going to do that. I'm not, I'm not that mean. Hey, 
listen to this, okay? I'm going to out my parents right now. Maybe I shouldn't. I'm going to. One time they had this little dog that would not stop. This was like years and years, decades ago, okay? Long before any of us were even a thought, only in God's mind. But my mom and dad had this little dog that would not stop barking, and they were like newly married, and they were like, why do we get this dog? And so my dad went and just put it in the woods on the side of the road, and hey, you know what? That dog became president. Uh, <laughs> He, he worked through those struggles, and he made something of himself, okay? So, yeah, do what you will with my parents, but that was a different time, okay? It's a different time. Hey, people do a lot worse to dogs these days, all right? I'll tell you that right now. So, this idea of atomic, atoms, little tiny things over time building up to be something great applies to a lot of our lives. In fact, it applies to all of our lives, even just like something simple like brushing your teeth, which hopefully you did this morning. But brushing your teeth leads to healthier teeth and not as many pains at the dentist and maybe not as many fears of the dentist. Well, this idea of atoms, tiny things adding up over time, also, I believe, applies to our faith. And specifically when it comes to growing in our faith, growing in our relationship with God, seeing ourselves have a stronger faith. And, and maybe for you, there were times in 2021 where, I mean, for me personally, I experienced more death in my family and in my wife's family uh, in 2021 than like any year of our lives. I mean, we got folks in our, in our lives who are getting, you know, a good bit older, um, my my. Uh, my bride, Brittany, her, her grandparents, both of her dad's parents passed away uh, in 2020, uh, 2021. And so it's just been a, a wild year for us with that. But maybe you found yourself in a moment like that where somebody was lost or something was lost, or maybe you were dealing with uh, some extra anxiety or stress or depression, or maybe it was issues with a friend or issues with your family. You found yourself somewhere struggling this past year and maybe for you, in, in a time where maybe, maybe at times you felt like I could lean on and rely on and trust in God, I wonder if there's some of you in this room who just kind of felt hopeless. Like, where am I supposed to turn? Because I feel like I'm praying about this thing. I feel like I'm going to God about this thing, but I don't feel like he's listening. I don't feel like he's there. And maybe you started to wonder about your faith, period when you came to some of those things. I mean, it's been a hard, not just last year, but it's been a hard few years for us, right? Like, I don't think that that's something we should ignore. Most of us tried to. Like, we try to immerse ourselves in something that we find pleasure in, but we can't completely tune out what's happening in the world around us, and there's a lot of really hard, tough things going on. Which, by the way, if you ever feel like, man, I don't know who I can talk to about that, that's a big part of the reason your small group leaders are in this room. That's a big part of the reason I'm doing this as my full-time job, which is crazy, but it's what I do. Like, me, myself, and Brentley, and, and Matt, and Nathan, we're, we're here for you guys. We're here to talk through some of those things. So if you ever need somebody to talk to about what you're going on, know that we are here for you. But maybe this past year, you found yourself wondering, man, like, I, I just don't, I don't know what my faith is anymore. Or maybe you realize your faith isn't as strong as you thought it was, because for the first time, you're really being challenged and what you think about God, where you see yourself fitting into that, where you see struggle and pain fitting into your faith. Some great, great questions, great thoughts. Well, well, what if this year was a little bit different? And that in your day-to-day -day regular life, you were actually making moves towards God. 
You're making moves towards building a stronger relationship with him, towards strengthening your faith in him. What if you were going after that this year? I mean, a lot of, a lot of us probably made uh, or at least thought about a New Year's resolution, right? Like maybe you wanted to make a sports team or maybe you wanted to boost your grades a little bit or maybe you wanted to, somebody in first service wanted to stare at their classmates for 20 seconds each. And I, I explained to them what a stalker was and all that kind of stuff. Okay, so hopefully we put them on the right track. But whatever your New Year's resolution is, what if somewhere in this new year you started to think about, hey, what would it look like for me to pursue God a little bit differently this year? That's what we're going to be talking about in this series for the next few weeks. And that's what we're, we're going to be talking about this morning. Starting off simple and just saying, hey, what if you made it a habit? This is kind of the, the statement for the day. What if you made it a habit this year to spend time with God? And again, maybe you, you haven't done that because your schedule's really busy. And I get that. I got a busy schedule too. Maybe you haven't done it because you're just thinking like, hey, well, well if I get to it today, I'll, I'll do it. Or if I get to it this week, or if I get to it this month, I'll do it. I, I get that too. I mean, again, things get busy. Um, or, or whatever your reason, whatever your excuse is, but somewhere down the line, it gets, it gets dropped. I wonder what would happen if we started investing in that. Let's, let's go ahead and look at Matthew chapter 17. We're going to look just through eight verses, talk about them for a second. I'm going to come back to my dog peeing story, and then we'll close it, okay? Matthew chapter 17, verse 1 says, And after six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. Okay, we're going to stop, stop there for just a moment. So here we are. Jesus don't, don't just take my word for it as far as like, hey, you guys should probably spend some more time with God this year. Jesus himself, God in the flesh. Funny way to say it. Maybe one of my favorite ways to say it. God with a bod, right? Like God in a bod. Jesus, the son of God. He made a regular habit of spending time with his heavenly father. Spending time with Father God. So sometimes we see him getting away to a mountaintop. Sometimes we see him uh, getting away to a garden. Sometimes we see him uh, just like getting away to somewhere or just staying put, but being intentional about spending time with the Father. If Jesus himself needed to spend time with God the Father, how much more do you and I need to spend time with God the Father? And if you've grown up in the church, maybe you've heard that before, but have you ever really thought about it? Like Jesus saw that, hey, if I'm going to make it through today, and if I'm going to do and step into the things that God the Father has for me today, then I better, better go and ask him and talk to him about, hey, what's going on today? What do you have for me? What are you up to? If Jesus himself needed to do this, and he is our model and example of what all of life should look like. You want to know how to handle anxiety and stress? You want to know how to handle relationships? You want to know how to handle any part of life? Go to Jesus and see how he did it and apply it to your own life. Well, one of the things that he did was regularly spend time with the Father. So what would happen if you and I did so this isn't an abnormal thing, right? He's been doing this, kind of those little Adam investments all along the way. And then what makes it a little bit unique this time is that he does invite three of his disciples with him, Peter, James, and John. But Peter, James, and John, they've been to mountaintops with Jesus before. They've seen him teach. They've seen him heal people. They've seen him uh, multiply fishes and loaves and, and just do crazy, crazy miracles that we wish that we could see. 
This is kind of a normal part for them too, right? Like they've been traveling with Jesus. They've made it, made it a habit to definitely spend time with him. But it, it's just, it is slightly different because now Jesus is inviting them, hey, come spend time with me as I spend time with the Father. And so they go up to this mountaintop together. And maybe for you, it's, it's time to again consider like, hey, so if this was regular for Jesus, if being around Jesus and doing life with him was regular for the disciples, then what would it look like for you to regularly spend time with God? And what might happen? Here's what happened for Jesus and these three disciples who are with him. So verse two says, they they come up to the mountain and he was transfigured before them and his face shone like the sun and his clothes became white as light. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. So this is not probably what you should be expecting uh, in your quiet time, right? But, but this is what happened. God showed up. He chose to show up in a very unique way. And here's what it means that Jesus was transfigured. Here's basically what happened. is his full glory, the reality that he was God, was shown to Peter, James, and John in a moment. Like they thought, oh, yeah, we're just going up the mountain with Jesus. Wonder what he's going to do. Wonder what he's going to say. Ah, right? Like, I mean, literally, we're going to see in here they were terrified. They fell to their knees. They fell to their faces because they were scared. Because he's revealing his full self to them. People don't see that. They don't, they, I don't do, like, this was crazy. This was miraculous. And not only that, but then these two dead guys show up, okay? Moses and Elijah, who were like, they were, they were fathers of the faith for the Jews. It would be basically the equivalent of if Jesus himself showed up here today. We would all be like, what in the world's happening? Right? Like our minds would be blown. And all of a sudden they see Elijah and Moses just talking with Jesus. What? It's crazy. But God chose to show up in this moment, even though it was kind of like a, a normal moment. There wasn't anything special like, hey, if you, if you draw a circle uh, with the salt here on the ground on the top of this mountain, and if you light these candles, like it wasn't anything weird like that, but God chose to show up. Jesus chose to, to reveal himself. Verse four says, and Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it, uh, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. He's like, hey, maybe we should stay here. Like, maybe we should stay in this moment just forever, okay? Definitely a lot longer than a few minutes. And he was still speaking when behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them and a voice from the cloud said, right? If Jesus revealing himself fully isn't enough, if Elijah and Moses being there, dead guys being there isn't enough, this cloud shows up and says, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Oh, and by the way, I'm not just talking to Jesus, but hey, disciples, listen to him. From the cloud, this voice comes and says, listen to him. To him, yeah, I'd be, I'd be, I'd listen to him from that point forward. Uh, verse six: When the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and they were terrified. All the things that are going on are too much for them. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, "Rise and have no fear." And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but only Jesus. This miraculous, powerful moment happens for them in the midst of Jesus doing what he normally did. The disciples just following Jesus like they normally did. God chose to show up. Here's what I wonder for a lot of us. I wonder if the reason we don't spend time with God is because every time we do, we feel like we should be having a moment like this. 
Like, I've read my Bible, I've prayed before, but I've just never, I've never heard from God. Like, I don't feel like he's speaking anything, he's never shown up, he's definitely never done anything miraculous in my life, so what's the point? And sometimes that's the reason that we choose not to make time for God, or the reason that we at least don't think it's very important. He's not really showing up, is he? But we miss that all of Scripture is God breathed and God spoken. It is the spoken word of God written down for us to take in in 2022 right now. Every single day we can read the words of God. We miss that prayer, hey, it's not meant to change God's mind, but it's, it's meant to change us. That over time as we pray and we, we, we talk to God and we share all the things that are on our heart, that he would be faithful and, and change us. It's not just about, hey, every time you go, it should be just this miraculous, life-changing thing. No, sometimes it feels more like an atom, like a really tiny thing. Hey, I, I read my Bible this morning. I, man, there, there's, some, uh, there's an encouraging verse, but it wasn't like transfiguration, Jesus showing all of his glory. Over time, I do believe that each time you sit down, as you start to read the scriptures and understand more of who God is and how he's made you, and as you tune your ear a little bit more towards the Holy Spirit, hey, tell me what you want me to do today. Lead me how you will lead me. That as you start to get before God, I, I do believe that he starts to show up more and more in your life. I saw this in my own life a few years ago when I was in college. <clears throat> I was kind of at a crossroads um, I, I grew up here, right? So I, I've been here at this church since I was in middle school. But there was another church that w- we were starting. It was a church called City Lights. And maybe some of you have heard about that church. Maybe you've been there. And City Lights basically started as a college ministry, okay? Like there were uh, like 300 college kids. We'd all get together on, on Wednesday nights. And it was crazy. It was awesome. And these 300 people, most of them were going to end up going to City Lights. And these were my people. This is my community. These are my friends. And they, they were all people, you know, my age, and basically everyone from our church who was my age at the time was, I mean, I'm not, I am exaggerating, but it was pretty much everyone, was going to go to City Lights, and I knew that. But, but I also felt like, man, I think God might still have something here for me at Fellowship, and so I was just in this back and forth kind of torn between what am I supposed to do, and when I got into the Word, and when I spent time in prayer, I'll be honest, I was asking the questions, but I didn't feel like I was getting any answers. So not that it's about going to a special place or doing a special thing, but I think it's more about the consistency. Like, God, just, I, I want to know what you have for me. So I, I ended up going out to this property that City Lights had bought, and they were going to uh, build a building on it eventually. The building is, is just now starting to be done, like almost 10 years later. And uh, I just got out of my truck, got on my hands and knees, and started praying, and I don't know what it was. Again, I had gone weeks, if not months, of asking, Lord, where do you want me? And it was like two minutes in. I just felt like God saying, really simply, you're supposed to stay. You're supposed to stay. And I, like, that was like the last thing that I wanted to hear because all my friends were leaving. Like My community was leaving. I, I was going to essentially be the only one left. In fact, if you talk to some people who've been around, there was a while where we felt that gap of my generation of people my age because they all had left and gone to city lights for a season. And, but I knew like, I'm not going to be disobedient. I'm going to be faithful. And now here I am X amount of years later and God's, God has been really faithful. He, he has been really good. And I didn't know, I didn't understand. Uh, but my point is I, 
I don't know if, if moments like that happen, that you hear stories from myself or from Matt Densky or from Charlie or Jim Thompson or Jason Malone or, or people that you trust and respect, your, your small group leaders in your life. I don't know if those moments happen if over time we haven't been building that relationship with God. I told you I'd end on the, the peace story with my dog, right? Here's the deal. If we don't potty train Murphy, he will keep peeing and pooping in my house, okay? I don't want it. You don't want it, because if you come over for a small group dinner, you'll step in it, right? I hope that a year from now, he is fully potty trained and doing his own thing and all that kind of stuff. But if we don't put it in on the front end, then it's not gonna get there a year from now. And here's what I wanna say. As a challenge, as a poke, as a prod, a year from now, you will not grow spiritually like you want to if you do not step into these things that Jesus models for us and is calling us into. Jesus is the way to true life, a hundred thousand percent, right? That, and part of that does mean that we go to be with him when we die and that one day we get to rule and reign like Jesse said earlier. But he is also, he's also invited us into a new way of life. So call them spiritual practices, call them spiritual habits, call them spiritual disciplines, whatever you want to call them. One of them is spending time with the Father. What would happen for you in 2022 if you did just that? You made space to spend with the Father. Make it a habit this year. Let me pray. God, thank you for this crew here in 2022. It's good to gather again. It's good to be back. And it's good to read from your word and Talk about, hey, what could this year look like for us? I know that there are people in this room who they don't want to be at the same place spiritually and at the same place in their faith a year from now that they currently are right now. So would you help us to make time, carve time to be with you each and every day, even if it's just five minutes or if it's 25 minutes, whatever it is, God, would we make space to spend with you knowing that over time you are going to change us, mold us, shape us into who you want us to become. We love you, Lord. I pray these things will get talked out in small groups. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.